Lock and load. This is GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. The leader in the fight to reclaim and expand our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Here's your host, Executive Director of GeorgiaCarry.org, Jerry Henry. Good morning and welcome to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. This beautiful Saturday morning downtown Atlanta. Uh, we're uh, sitting here overlooking Georgia Tech campus, and we're wondering why all the gunfire's down there. As you wow. know, look at those guns. Yeah, they're nice. As you know, uh, campus carry was signed into law July the first, and and all the anti said that this is going to be a a terrible thing, blood on the campus, and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to discuss that and a few other things this morning. I, my guest uh, is uh, Mike Minkus, who's been with us before, and he's the he's a founding board member. He uh, lives with his uh, wife and daughter in uh, Marietta. Yes, sir. I know I've been there. But it's, <laughs> it's in my GPS. I could find it again if I had to. Uh, but uh, he's going to be with us. He's the, the guy who has done all of our studies that we posted on uh, on the website and uh, many of our articles. If you look up the racist roots of uh, gun control, that's uh, Mike. that was done by Mike Minkus. I think he had some help with uh, some of the uh, the research, but he actually put it all together, as I understand it. Yeah. So, welcome, Mike. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Yeah. So, um, you noticed the gunfire as we came by. Yeah. Um, I don't have four-wheel drive in my car, and I was worried about going through the rivers of blood on Georgia yeah. Tech campus. Um, but I was well-armed, so it was okay. Well, yeah, I, I was well-armed as well. I, I could have been more armed, but I was at least armed for well, the situation at the time. Yeah. But, you know, that's what the antis claim, that, that once it started, it's just, you know, we, we're in trouble now. And how many instances have we had? As far and, as I know, we had one. But that was where a guy was robbed on his way out of the dorm, which was a gun-free zone, back to his car at night. And uh, he was unable to carry on that. He was unable to carry from the dorm back to his car, and he was held up, which was the same thing that was happening before the the law was ever passed. That law had absolutely nothing to do with that particular crime. Exactly. Because people who are allowed to carry firearms and go get their licenses, et cetera, are not the ones that are committing the crimes on campus. And they're not going to start being the ones that, just because they can carry legally. That's right. When I was in... Uh in college, we had guns in our campus dorm rooms. Mm-hmm. We had my roommate stored his rifle and ammunition underneath my bed because he had, I don't know what he had under his bed, but you know we had pistols. <laughs> Playboy magazine. Yeah. <laughs> it was a mining college, but we used to go out in the mountains and shoot, and yep. nobody thought anything of it when elk season started. Everybody disappeared except for the Yankee. Maybe. Yep. Um, nobody got shot. There were no dangerous no. things. No. You know, we're when you're in college, you're an adult. Right. You're 18 years old. Whatever you do is your responsibility. You don't get to say mommy's in charge. Right. Um, and anywhere else, you, you know, you sign a, a student loan. You're an adult. You're, the one. You're, you're on the hook for the rest of your life. Right. If you, you can get an abortion, you can get married, you can vote, you can um, do many things except drink alcohol. I don't know why the Board of Regents thinks our college students are children. And whenever I sat through those hearings, all I heard was our college students are morons, heavily right. medicated, mentally deficient. Right. Their, hair, their hair brains tr- are not fully developed. Yeah, that one I love. Yeah. Their brains are not fully developed. 
And then you just sit there and go, but they're yeah. Georgia Tech. They're engineering students. They're going to be in charge right. of building stuff in little, little less than three years. Yeah. Stuff that may go fall down, right? You know, important stuff. Well, one of the things that I got, uh, I, I used to get a big kick out of. They said, "Well, we have all these frat parties, all the drinking and everything. It's on campus." Well, I think on most campuses it's illegal to drink. And <laughs> to me, I kept thinking, "Well, if you've got that big a drinking problem on campus, we need the AA in here. We need to have, start having meetings, get these kids off of this this drug because that's what it is." And yet, the same guy who perhaps lived in a dorm or, or was a uh, student there and had a Georgia weapons license, he could walk across the street, go down the, the road to any party he wanted to, any bar, anywhere else, and go That's drink, right. get as drunk as he wanted to. And how many of those people went out and committed crimes? It didn't happen. It doesn't happen. It does. We just got through with our, uh, with our convention last uh, t- week before last. And when we got out of our dinner, when we made our presentations, et cetera, had our auction and so forth, we all headed to the bar. And we all were armed, and there wasn't one thing happened in that bar that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't been armed. Yeah, It was the same thing. And they just don't, the antis just don't give people credit for what they, how they can control themselves and what kind of responsibility each person takes. As we've said before, carrying a firearm is a very big responsibility. You don't just lightly strap it on and walk down the street and say oh i'm i'm cool i've got a gun i can do whatever i want to you have a big responsibility and i can tell you from the first time i put one on i felt that responsibility the minute i walked out the door with it because now i've i've got to be very careful what i do that's right it's it's a heavy weight it is a heavy weight plus the fact and now in particular with my position i have to be is extremely careful because I can't be caught in the wrong place. I can't be breaking any laws. I can't do anything that would would bring shame to any other firearm owner or any GeorgiaCarry.org member or any gun owner, actually, in that member in, in not only the, Georgia but in any other part or any part of the country. Yeah, so, I, I, I call that being an ambassador for the Second Amendment. Like when you carry, open carry, mm-hmm. you should look presentable like a business person with a child nearby. So people – assume that when they see a gun, they don't think criminal. Right. Um, a well, long time ago, I wanted to try to study the uh, effect of open carry, whether it's allowed in the state, on police-on-police shootings. Right. For example, you always hear about a New York City police officer being shot by another New York City police officer. The assumption in New York by the police is if you have a gun, you're a criminal. Right. Here in Georgia, if you have a gun, there's a split second when a law enforcement officer is thinking, hey, this guy may be law-abiding. He doesn't equate gun possession right. with being a criminal. Right. And that saves lives of undercover law enforcement officers. Well, and the other thing it does, it, it tells you, uh, anybody who looks at, at me when I'm walking down the street, they should think immediately, this guy's law-abiding because he's got that gun where I can see it. That's right. If he was up to no good, I wouldn't see that gun. He would be walking just as nice as he could down that street. And when he got ready to use the gun— that's when we would know he was a criminal. That's right. And when you show the farm, and what I see more than anything, I have more people come up to me and want to know if I'm a policeman. You know, are you in law enforcement? No, I'm not. I'm just exercising my rights as a citizen of the United States. That's right. And um, I think a lot, of, a lot of times a person's build or, or the way he carries the farm, et cetera, uh, lends people to think that he is on the side of the law instead of 
you know, like, well, like the Lone Ranger with his mask. They're, they they know that this guy's on the side of Laura. Yeah, because you look presentable. Mm-hmm. You're a deterrent. You know, you're a crime deterrent, right. open carrying. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind. That, Mine either. You know, that reduces crime in itself. Right. Because the criminals don't know, are you a cop or aren't you a cop? Right. Are you going to shoot me if I try to rob you? Yep. You know, and they move on. They you move on to easy it. targets. Right. We, College we, campuses. Right. Yeah. And they, those are not as easy as they were, thank goodness, yes. now that we got the HB 280 signed into law. Uh, and one of the things that I said about it in the beginning is that once that law went into effect, you could not sit across the street. The bad guy could not sit across the street and say, hmm, I'll take that one over there. Yeah. Because now he doesn't know whether that one over there might be armed. And... Uh, I guess you could sit outside the, the dormitory and think, well, probably not armed if he's in the dormitory. But uh, there, it's, it's just it changes the dynamics of the whole situation so much just by being able to have a firearm in that location. Yes. And so many people don't understand that. And it's bigger than that. Um, Bud Peterson, who is the president of Georgia Tech, right. fake engineer, mm-hmm. um, he would say he would say. The students can't walk on the streets at night without expecting to be robbed. Right. And I sit there and go, no, those streets belong to me and other law-abiding right. citizens. Those streets don't belong to the criminals. And and it's shameful that the president of Georgia Tech would even suggest that the criminals have more rights on the streets than law-abiding citizens. And that's, that's right. kind of what this whole fight's about Right. is the role of government and whether we are subservient to the government or is the government – subservient to right, us right and um they report to us the they report to us so the next segment command, yeah they, they report to us uh and like i said it, it 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 changes the whole dynamics not only at on the college campuses but around the college campuses because the crime rate around the college campuses are high too because a lot of people live off campus that's right when they were on campus they couldn't carry so when they step off of campus they're disarmed yep. and when they leave their home if it's uh, six blocks down the road or eight blocks down the road, wherever it is, they've got to be disarmed from there until they get to school and back. That's right. So On, on that, MARTA, on buses, right, walking through right. some bad neighbors. These are people who are trying to improve their economic right. life. They're productive citizens. For the regents to deny them their civil rights is just, to me, it's outrageous. I agree with you. And uh, our guest... Uh, uh, three weeks ago, I believe it was two or three weeks ago, uh, Liz Lazarus wrote her book about what happened to her right here on Georgia campus. Uh, it wasn't on the campus. It was off campus while she was going to Georgia Tech. She was Her home was broken in at night, and uh, she was disarmed. Yeah. So that left her totally vulnerable. And uh, you know, she she understands now why you need to be armed. And, yes. and uh, a lot of people, unfortunately, find it out after something's happened to us we're coming up on a break uh we're going to take a little bit of time here i want to remind you go to georgiacarry.org you can sign up read what we've done you can contact anybody there Uh, you can follow us at georgia carry i'm at got your back 64 and you can download the commercial free podcast at newstalk1160.com we'll be right back and now Back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio hour. My guest today is Mike Minkus, and we've been talking about 
uh, a little bit about college campus and what didn't happen. And uh, we're going to continue that a little bit longer uh, and see uh, what are your what are your thoughts on the importance of campus carry and it being passed and us allowing fully grown adults to uh, protect themselves even on college campuses. It's very important for every gun owner and gun toter that campus carry not only goes through, which it is, which it has, but it's now becomes more expanded that college students can carry in more places, right. get rid of the high school student exemption, et cetera. The reason is we want to raise the next generation of kids, adults, to love freedom. And we want them to go to the next step, which is to respect the freedom of others. Um, carrying a gun in, in, in cam- on campus, open carrying, is the only way you can visibly affirm the Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. It's the only Bill of Rights that you can basically just wear on your side and go. You can't, you know, you can't carry the Fifth Amendment on your side. Right. You can't carry the Fourth Amendment, right. Third Amendment. Right. Perhaps the First Amendment, you know, with a T-shirt. Well, maybe. But, but maybe. But, you know, most people don't say – that's the Bill of Rights in action. When you carry right. a gun, that's the Bill of Rights in action. Right. Right. And that's why it's important. We want the next generation to not associate gun ownership, gun toting, as a criminal act, but as a good act of an act of an American citizen right. with the full rights of an American right. citizen. And that's why it's important to me. That's why I don't think we're, gonna, we're not going to stop. No. We're going for more. Right. Maybe not next year, next like year Right, but we and, and I, that reminds me of, of one of the things that you said uh, to me. I guess ten years ago, probably we were talking, and I think you actually said it to someone else, uh, somebody that went shooting for the first time, and you said you heard that bang. You know what that was? That was the sound of freedom, yep. and that's exactly what what a, a firearm is. It's the sound of freedom. It may be uh, it may be at times equated with uh, with criminal acts. But with the rest of us, it's the sound of freedom because we can do what we need to. And as you were talking about on on college campus, uh, it's extremely important. You know, we've gotten away from uh, in most schools, uh, especially in the uh, in the uh, elementary schools and high school, etc. We've gotten away from really teaching the Bill of Rights and teaching what the Bill of Rights really means. Uh, The ones that they do touch, they try to whitewash it as something else other than what it really is and we know what they originally were were intended for and i say that uh, i have to agree with neil bortz that public schooling for the most part is an indoctrination center and that's all they're doing they start indoctrinating from the day you walk in when you walk in as a kindergarten the first thing they tell you is if somebody hits you you can't hit them back you go get somebody else to fight your battles so that, that and they keep that up all th- through school so that hopefully by the time you get to be 18 years old you'll know that you can't fight your own battles there's no way you can defend yourself you have to get somebody else to defend that's why we have policemen that's what you have to go get them of course if you're in a in a in a situation where you can't get to the police and most of the time they can't get to you unless they just happen to be standing there seeing the act happen then you're dead are extremely injured because you didn't have the right and you were brought up uh, not to accept that right, to give that right to protect yourself away to your school teacher, to your principal, to whomever. And to me, that's totally wrong. You should teach the children immediately to take up for themselves. They have rights. 
And and now what they tell you the rights is that, that, that you know you have the right to insurance, you have the right to to things that were never ever discussed in the Constitution. And uh, I just I get sometimes I get a little bit upset about some of those things, but I really get upset about them taking young boys in particular and teaching them from the get go that you can't defend yourself. That's right, and it extends to their adulthood. Right during the hearing for SB three hundred eight. One of the representatives from a synagogue in town said she didn't want to protect herself because she has a Atlanta Police Department officer standing outside that will protect her. Right. That she basically took her right to defend herself and her responsibility to, to defend her community. Right. And passed it off to this yep. law enforcement officer who – and he, she even named him, and I was – I remember sitting there going, yeah, when trouble happens, he's long gone. Yeah. yeah. He's one man. He's well, long gone. the thing of it is, if, if somebody's going to attack a synagogue, it may be more than one. That's right. And that one policeman is not going to do much except slow things down. Yep. You know, he, give, may, he may take one bullet away from you because that's the one that got him. But otherwise, he's, he's not going to be there to do anything. In Charlottesville, there, um, there was this – I'm going to try to avoid Charlottesville, but there was a synagogue – where three Nazis were staying outside with guns, supposedly, mm-hmm. and the people inside the synagogue were terrified for three hours because the city wouldn't send a police officer to, quote, protect them. Mm-hmm. They were sitting ducks. But, you know, obviously they're an anti-gun synagogue. Sure. And they, they don't realize that they have the right and responsibility to protect themselves. That's correct. And that comes from how they're up, you know, the upbringing, you know, all, the, all their lives kindergarten if you got in a fight you were punished well, it didn't matter if you were no. defending yourself right were you defending yourself against the bully you got caught you hit you hit them you're getting right. suspended right and yeah, well when i was in school you might get suspended if you got caught fighting too but it was just because you weren't supposed to be fighting it wasn't because you were defending yourself you know it, it that that didn't happen and plus the fact that most of the time the kid that got beat up kept his mouth shut a lot of times you couldn't open it, but <laughs> that's <beside laughs> the point. But, you know, we didn't have people who run tattle because that's the other thing they teach out of the same thing mm-hmm. is you can't defend yourself, so you go tell somebody else. Run tattle that Joe shoved you, and then yeah. Joe gets in trouble. Well, whoopee. You know, the, the, the way we stop bullying, and that's another subject that comes up all the time, the way we stopped bullying was you told your kid next time the guy does something to you, punch him in the nose. You punch him in the nose, and, and even if you don't hurt him too badly, he'll respect you after that because he don't want to get punched in the nose again. That's right. And if you hit him hard enough, you'll be his best friend before long because he's not going to let anything else happen to you. Yeah. And now, well, we have to have all these laws against bullying and, and all kinds of good stuff. Most most people are are uh, most people are equipped to take care of themselves if they will be allowed to do so. That's right. The cyberbullying, when mm-hmm. you're bullied on the Internet. Yeah, wow. That's the good one. That, that's almost as bad as e- email bullying. I mean, there's this delete <laughs> key over here, and you can go anywhere else. You don't have to be bullied over that. Yeah. You know, you sit there and accept it. Yeah. And yeah. That, that just, oh, well. Even when there's no physical violence potential onto yourself, people are still feeling bullied. And I think that comes from the training, you know, kindergarten, first grade. Right. You know, you're trained to be a victim. Well, and and you've also got to have something, uh, you know, like's going on right now with with uh, uh, some Stone Mountain, etc. You got to have something that offends you. So, 
Everything that doesn't make you warm and fuzzy must offend you, and we have to stand out against it. We can't have anybody being offended in the United States. Good luck on that one. Yeah, I, I, I see it as more evil, I guess. I've, I think the statement to turn Stone Mountain into gravel was more to divide us. Oh, yeah. And not appeal to our higher angels. Mm-hmm. Like, there's ten times, a hundred times better ways to handle this situation than saying you're going to grind up Stone Mountain to little bits of gravel. Right. And, and I think it was intentionally meant to divide us, divide the races, divide families. Mm-hmm. My wife and I talked about it, and she went outside and left the house for a couple hours. Well, I, can, under, off me. I yeah. can understand that she yeah. would she would be upset with the way you think. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's coming from a guy from the north. So Yeah, you know, I'm a Yankee. Yeah, so. And I would be the first one to stop standing in the bulldozer's way when they come well, grind up Stone Mountain because well, it's not right. It's, it's not right. It is history. It's something we lived through. It's something that made us the nation we are today. That's right. Whether you like it or not, that's what it was. And when you start erasing history, then you start the downfall of the country. And yeah. If you go back and look at the Taliban, look at ISIS, ISIS, look at what Hitler did. First thing they did, and Russia. Yeah. Russia came in, they got rid of most of the churches because they were against uh, Christianity yeah. and or religion. And... Uh, Kristallnacht in, in, in Germany was the start of the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. They went in, destroyed all the synagogues, burned the Torahs. They, they did everything. Right. Which is no different than what's being proposed for Stone right. Mountain. And then, of course, after that, what they do? They burned the books. Yep. And when they got rid of all the books, they burned the people. Yep. You know, so it, 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 there's no stopping point, basically. If this, is, if, if this is allowed to continue on, then we will wind up looking just like Germany at some point in time. Yeah. And are the Middle East or, or whatever, and there will be absolutely no freedoms here. I, you know, if you want to protest, I think you have the right to protest. Uh, that's First yeah. Amendment. I have no problem with that as long as it's peaceful. I don't think yeah. that you can go in with clubs and start protesting. Uh, and you can't go in with firearms and start protesting. You know, you go in and you protest and you say this is what I'm against, etc., and you move on from there. Uh, and you, you know, it's it's like some of the. The interviews you see on TV with people with opposing views, the guy that screams the loudest talks the most, but he's the one that gets the less respect because he didn't let his other right. people talk, and that's kind of what's going on right now, if you ask me. You and I have been to anti-gun rallies, and we sat on the sidelines right. and watched them peacefully, right. and they would come over and talk with right. us. How you doing, right. Mr. Right. Henry? You doing good? Yep. Um, you know, hey, Mike, how you doing? Yep. And they've come to our rallies, you right. know, our first rally at the Capitol, the um, – Catherine Johnson, who yeah. is the leader of yeah. the anti-gun movement yeah. in Georgia, attended the rally. She hang out. She hung out with at the fence with yep. me. Well, let me. Uh, we, we're going to have to take another break. I uh, want to remind you: go to georgiacarry.org. Uh, you can download the commercial-free podcast of this uh, broadcast at newstalk1160.com, and we'll be right back. And now back. To GeorgiaCarry.org radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio hour. Uh, Jerry Henry with uh, Mike Minkus this morning. We're going to talk a little bit. We've been talking about things that happen, things that won't happen, campus carry, things of that nature. And now we're going to kind of talk about some things that we would like to see happen in the future, hopefully. Everything that we see is next year, but we all know that, as with Campus Carry, we don't get everything we want, so we have to go back in increments and, and get it done. So 
Uh, give me some thoughts on what you're going to – I know one of the things that we're going to talk about is uh, right now it's against the law for you to point some uh, a gun at someone, whether it's in defense, self-defense or not. And uh, that is – that's a felony. Yeah. And so basically if somebody comes up to you on the street – and they they are armed, disarmed, or whatever. They're huge. They're coming after you, and it's obvious that that uh, you don't want them close to you. And you pull your firearm and point it at them, and they turn around and leave. Then you've accomplished your goal. However, if that person is smart enough, he goes and calls the cops and comes back and tells them that you pulled a gun on them, and then you're arrested for a felony for pulling a firearm. There are several states. Uh, I know Florida. Uh, and Oklahoma, at least uh, in the past uh, year, passed uh, more of the in, put it in the stand the ground laws. Basically, that you could point it if it was in self defense. You can't just walk around pointing it at people, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. But if I, it's it's kind of bad to have a law where if I pull my gun out and I point it at you, I better go ahead and shoot you because I'll be in less trouble. Yes, I could yeah. be in less trouble. And warning shots, too. I yeah. always wondered if warning shots were legal. And I'm uh, not an attorney, but... I'm not sure about that, but it depends, I guess it depends on whether you were pointing it in the air or just missed them. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could point it up in the air, and a guy could say he shot at me and missed me. Yeah. So it, you just never know. But, but there are all sorts of gems in, our, in Georgia's laws where they bury crimes mm-hmm. against gun ownership throughout the, the code. You know, Right. We went through, with SB 308, we went through a lot of the sections and removed... Uh, hidden gems of bad law against right. gun ownership, but there's more. You know, there's there's we're going to have to do another scrub to find them because they uh, they were the anti-gun people were very prolific in stashing away gun laws or laws to criminalize gun right. ownership. Back in, the, back in the past, they're not back as the easy past. not as easily yeah. done now as it was, but uh, it it was. In fact, I found a, a uh, code section that we've agreed that we need to, to get over, uh, get uh, repealed. It's called, um, it's OCGA 38-2-301, Military Emergency Management and Veterans Affairs. And it says, basically, whenever any force of the organized militia is or has been called out for the performance of any duty under Code Section 38-2-6, it shall be lawful for the commanding officer of the force, if in his judgment, that's all he needs is his judgment, the maintenance of law and order in the area into which the force has been ordered will be promoted, thereby to close places where arms and ammunition are sold and all places where disorder is likely to occur. If you're called out in an emergency, <laughs> what places where disorder is not likely to occur are you going to have? That's right. And basically we took care of this uh, as far as the governor's emergency powers back with HB 60, but then who appoints the, uh, the Adjut- commanding officer? Adjutant general. Yeah, who appoints the governor. Him? The governor. So the governor still has those powers if he so wishes to use them. Yep. And we would like to take that out to where you can't stop us from buying a firearm, buying ammunition. When, when emergencies occur, it's when we need our firearms. That's right. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to work on that one. And we've got several other things that we've, we've looked at, just uh, minor they're they're the way they're written up. They're kind of minor, but they're still not. They're not minor. If you get caught with it, it's not minor. But uh, as far as having one big bill to clear up a lot of things, it'd be another probably like uh, uh, 
HB 292 or 1060 was, we'll have a, a cleanup bill next year. As far as big things, other than trying to, um, well, I don't know what, what kind of big things we may have next year. Um, we, we've gotten to the point where we're having to go through the codes and look at things. There's still things that we know we want to get. You know, we should be able to carry in the Capitol. We should be able to carry in any government building. I mean, after all, we own it. Uh, we should be able to. Uh, well, maybe let me pause you there. You know, courthouses. Well, that's yeah. what I was going to say next. Yeah. And courthouses, same thing. Just because uh, they have the sign out front that says the Jerry Henry Courthouse, you can't carry there. And that sign offers no protection. That's correct. The active killers will see that sign and it instantly equate it to a no gun a right. gun free zone sign. Right. The, that needs to that needs to get rid yeah. be rid, getting rid of. Uh, and, and I don't disagree with that. I, I, we're going to have a, a large fight over that one because all the attorneys are are all the or most of the uh, representatives and senators are attorneys, and the judges get upset with them. And you know, you better not come back into my courtroom after you pass that bill. So you got to be careful with those things. But. Um, well, maybe we should file ethics complaints against these judges. <laughs> well, uh, you got to prove it, and I'm not sure that that the attorney wants to approve it against yeah. the judge. But, but I'm just saying that that's some of the things that we we're facing yeah. when we try to get that. Uh, it, it's I don't really believe that there's a judge around that thinks his courthouse would be safer if he banned all firearms. He he couldn't. It, there's just no way because the people that are going to get in there are going to get in there anyway. Yeah. And, and just because there's a sign, it doesn't stop nope. anybody. Well, even if there's a sign like a state capitol, well, everybody at the state capitol is safe, right? Because they got they got AR-15. They got all kinds of uh, well, they got M M4s, uh, I guess, not AR-15s, but they've got because uh, they got fully automatic weapons. Or they got the Daniels Defense. Man, in Georgia, state, yeah, and here in I Georgia, love those. but any of them, where they've got the they've got the screening there, and they got four or five cops at each screening. But if you run Ten people in each door with uh, automatic weapons. Guess what? You're in the Capitol, and they got control of the Capitol. There's no way you're going to keep those people out. If anybody right. really wanted to, if it's, if there wanted to be a big terrorist attack here in Atlanta, they would go right into the Capitol yeah. if they wanted to, because they will run people at them and they'll overrun you. The um, in Red Hook, Minnesota, there was a school in the first. Two people who were shot were the guys manning the uh, security right. magnetometer. Right. Shot him, and he had his and, way. Right, um, moved right on, in. and moved right on. But it was a good police response that was fast. I, I would say that um, if the government wants to ban guns within our facilities that we own, government buildings, they need to do. They need to be professional about it. They need to be. It has to be a rigorous security. Right. And that includes screening everybody. No back doors for the lieutenant governor to right. sneak in without being searched. Right. Right. There needs to be floating security around that if there's an incident, you know, and I know that there's plainclothes officers in the, in the Capitol that could, could quickly respond to that event. Mm-hmm. They need to um, um, they need to give storage. So, like, yep. remember we talked that about how the, student, the students who shouldn't be disarmed on the ride right. from MARTA from their, from their homes – there needs to be storage, and it doesn't right. have to be a locker. It could be like a hat check where you give them right. your gun and a right. holster and give you a receipt, and you right. pick it up when you leave. Right. If they did all those things conceptually for me, for me, and I don't know, I'm not speaking for Georgia Carey, but I would be okay because they've done, they've taken 
They, even though they disarmed me, they're stepping up to the plate to defend me. Yeah, they did their due diligence yeah. on what needs to be done to, to yeah. defend you. And they've also allowed, by having stories, they've allowed you to defend yourself when you leave. That's right. And when you come back. Yeah. Instead, I carry a big cane. I mean, <laughs> I do, uh, with a hame on top of it, which is a big brass. And if I hit you upside the head, your gun should have already gone off. If it's yeah. still laying in your hand when I hit you with my cane, you're in trouble. <laughs> but... You know, I have to. So I basically have to carry a club in order to uh, to go to the to the capital or to leave the capital. Now that you've declared it, they're going to confiscate your gun. It's not a weapon; it's a cane. (laughs) Now, you know, it's interesting about the history of guns in the capital. During the 1870s, the Democrats were allowed were allowed to carry guns in the capital, and that's they physically threatened the lives of the white Republicans and the black Republicans, mm-hmm. and that caused most of them to resign, and which led to the Camellia Massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, so guns in, in the Capitol probably has a bad history, and I'm not sure. You know, if they set it up right, I would conceptually be okay, but I just don't believe any government building should be off limits without the government stepping up to the plate and doing something. I agree, and if you go to Texas, there's a special line for people with a – with, with a license, you walk right on through, show your license. You can also carry your firearm in there, and there's no going through the magnetometers because you're the ones that have been background checked. And I say that up here constantly of the people that go into that capital and work there. The only people that have been background checked to any degree are the people in that capital with a firearms license, with a Georgia yeah. weapons license. And the, the others ver- haven't done it. You don't have yeah. to run a background check to be governor. You don't have to run a background check to be lieutenant or, or a senator or anything. Many law enforcement officers may not pass the same background check that we go under. Well, at least that was the case. I'm not sure if it is now, but that was the case prior to SB 308 under the marijuana uh, misdemeanor convictions. And uh, and there's also a lot of them with the with domestic background or domestic yes, violence in their background at any rate we're uh, we're coming up here to the third segment that went very fast um hope it didn't go that fast for the listeners but it did for me at any rate want to remind you go to georgiacarry.org check us out uh download the commercial free podcast of this show at newstalk1160.com and we will be right back And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. Uh, Mike Minkus is with me today, and we've been talking about various things, college, campus, churches, or we're fixing to talk about churches. We talked about uh, places off limits that should not be off limits, and we're telling you why they shouldn't be off limits. And one of the things that came up during a break was churches yes it's private property in fact that uh i believe there's a an amendment in the constitution that has to do with keeping government out of churches but yet if you go into church here in georgia without permission from the church it's a hundred dollar fine yes and that's that's and I'm, kind I'm, of ridiculous. And I'm law-abiding. I don't want to violate the law. You know, I don't care if it's $100 or right. $10,000 or a year in jail. Right. If it's illegal for me, I'm not going to do it. I don't like the churches the way it's structured now because it gives the churches who we've seen in the hearings, they don't like guns anywhere, anywhere. in this state. Right. You know, the, all the leaders of, of the people who were 
opposing allowing guns in churches, basically treating those churches as private property, are the same people who opposed us for campus carry. That's correct. By the way, the gunfire is still occurring in Georgia Tech campus. <laughs> it looks like the thermodynamics <laughs> students are fighting it out with the differential equation students. And they were going to be coming down here tomorrow and <laughs> look at this campus. That's a joke, folks. <laughs> I see flares. I see flares. <laughs> so, well, like I said, the church – I don't have a problem with the church being treated as private property because right. that's exactly what it is. If the church doesn't want you, they're fine. They ask you to leave. If you don't leave, they call the police. You get arrested for criminal trespass. I don't have a problem with that. Same thing with, with Emory University. Any private university yeah. or private school, for that matter, whether it's K through whatever, that's their property. They should be allowed to run it the way they want to run it. And if they want firearms, they should be allowed to have it, and it shouldn't be a criminal act just for you to step onto the property. If they don't want you there, then the same thing. That would apply to what I just said about churches. If they don't want you there, they tell you to leave. If you don't leave, you get arrested for criminal trespass. And the, That's and, so simple. And the case law for criminal trespass is very clear. There's no doubts. There's no interpretation. There's no wiggle room. Right. It's, it's clear. You were asked to leave. You didn't you're, leave. Here's your, here's your fine. You trespassed. And, yep. And the laws, the way it basically, you got to remember these laws, this church prohibition, this prohibition for me from carrying on my alma mater, Emory, is a special crime that the churches and Emory have on background checked licensees. Right. Because if you're not, if you don't have a license, this section of the law doesn't apply to you. Right. So it's actually a way for them to penalize gun toting, specifically targeted. And, and I, don't, I don't think a private property owner should be able to send you to jail or f- arrange to have you fined for violating their orthodoxy, their, their gun control I, agenda. I don't, I don't disagree with that. I yeah. think private property should be private property. Yep. If you come onto my property, I, can't, I can have you kicked off if I want you mm-hmm. off, but I can't force anything on you. I can't force a fine. I can't call the police and say, hey, I got a guy standing over here. Come over here and arrest him. Uh, and and make him a felon because right. you don't have your license, you'd be a felon. Yes. So uh, that is power that that a private property owner, in my opinion, shouldn't have because basically doing that, they can almost make up any law they want to at, at any time. And and you know we let the the general assembly do that. Uh, I I don't. I've never understood why they have to be involved in it. And as I said especially with the churches because there's a First Amendment right to churches. And I can assure you those people that were down there at the Capitol that were complaining about we might be able to carry our firearms in church without a penalty are the same people that if we said, well, you're going to have to use the King James Version of the Bible, they'd be down there screaming, raising hell that yes. you you can't come in. We have a First Amendment right. You can't come in here. But yet when it's something else. When it's the Second when Amendment. It fit, when, oh, it fits, when it fits their purpose. That's right. Then it's okay. So – uh, I don't. I don't really care too much for either one of those uh, options. Yes, and I think long term, the goal is to get rid of those. And oh I yeah, think we well can it make, is. I, it I, is. Yeah. There's no two ways about that, and it should be. And and you know, if you don't want to be private property, fine. Donate yourself to the state. Yeah. You know, and then the state can do whatever they want to. That's. that's I hear they have some story. facilities in Stone Mountain that they could occupy. Yeah, they do. <laughs> There's going to be a hole out there for long where they can put some things. <laughs> a parking certain, lot of gravel if certain, if certain people get their way uh, any other place you can think of there uh, no actually you know I, I, well, I'm, I'm big into government if you're going to ban 
guns on pro- government property, which uh, you and I own, the government needs to step up to the plate right. and defend us. I don't disagree And they have that. a moral obligation to do so. Once they right. say you can't do something, right. they have a moral obligation to, do, to protect you. Right. And when the governor says, hey, I don't want you carrying in church or I don't want you carrying in, in courthouses or I don't want you carrying in, in the library, mm-hmm. he's failed in his moral duty to protect us when he makes those arguments. Because right. he, he doesn't ever follow up with, because I'm going to protect you. It's just, no, nah, you're, you're just left there to die. And, and another thing that I'd like to see is, is something that Tennessee did here a while back. If you have a private business and you declare it a fr- firearm-free uh, zone, a gun-free zone, then you are responsible for those people from the time they leave their car, go to your part, uh, your business, get served, and go back to their car if something happens to them and they don't, they have to defend themselves and they can't. That's right. Because and it's amazing the number of fire, no, uh, gun-free zone or no firearm signs. Uh, it's amazing how many went up in smoke not long after that yeah. that law was passed, and. And to me, that's the way it ought to be. If you don't want me on your property, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. I'll leave. But if it's a place, if it's a place that I have to go, such as a courthouse, you know, any place like that. Now we've gotten to the point where most driver's license you can go in and and be armed and get your driver's license. Yes, which I, I did that uh, a year or two ago, and it was really liberating. It was like, hey, look at me, you know. Uh, I didn't have to worry about taking my gun off and leaving it in the car and hope nobody stole it. You know, I just walked through the front door. Nothing was said. Nothing happened. Not one person bled a half an ounce, and I got my driver's license and walked out. And it, it's it's uh, it's nice to go to places like that and not have to remember. Well, I got to take my gun off here. I got to do this here. Uh, and and that was a good thing. It's a physical affirmation of the Bill of Rights. That's correct. So. Exactly. Well, one thing I'd like to mention before we go is the history of the exemption list. Oh, yeah. You know, there are a bunch <laughs> of judges on that list, clerks, and I did some research on it. And that law was added in 1968 by Lester Maddox when mm-hmm. he changed the carry license up from 18 to 21. Right. And at the time, the language said engaged in the pursuit of official duty. Right. And then later in 1988, they just basically said when you're employed – Right. Full time in the offices listed below, right. and now it's been modified that oh, yeah. if you're if you're if you got a name you're, judge, you, you're exempt from the carry laws. If your great uncle was a judge, yeah. then your your son gets you're to retired. Go. Yeah, yeah, and that's something I think we as an organization need to look at because I don't believe that if I don't believe judges should be above the law. I don't either, and I think they should live under the same laws they impose on right. us. Now and I don't have a problem with them carrying in the courtroom, but then I should be able to do the same thing. That's right. Well, yes. Okay. Yes. So if they, but in my opinion, you know they can do it because they're exempt from law. They don't have to go down and get, do a background check and go down here five years and get another license. My opinion, they should. Yes, they should because there shouldn't be above the law. Nope. They should have the same rights as we do. Right. We've created in Georgia. We've created a whole class of Uber citizens. Right. And that's wrong. You know, that's not what our nation was founded on. Yep. And it's corrosive because a judge can say, well, 60 days in the law doesn't really mean 60 days right. in the law. It just means six years. Right. right. If they had apply for a license and live under their declarations of what the law says, right. their decisions would be vastly dis- different. You better believe it. And I think, I think that should be like one of our number one priorities is to reduce that list to law enforcement officers – who are post-certified for firearms, who have arrest powers in the state. Because basically, 
if if they have those two things, they're allowed to go anywhere on duty. There's right. no reason to say off duty you can't. Right. But judges, they don't have arrest powers other than civ- civilian arrest. Right. They're not trained. They're not background checked. I mean, I could show you a whole bunch of oh, stories yeah. of of pedophile judges sure. here in Georgia. I mean, they're, sure. it's a sea of bad behavior. Right. But they can carry. But they can carry, and I can't. Right. And that's that's wrong. And they should be stepping up to the plate right now and saying. The laws apply equally to everybody. Right. And this this entire scheme of gun control in Georgia is unconstitutional because you exempted us judges. Right. And I don't disagree with that. I, I don't expect it to happen, but I don't disagree with it. I I, um, I have to agree. They, you know, every year somebody else gets added to that list, seems like. I mean, we go off. Last, I, last time I count, I think there were 37 categories. And I didn't add what was added last year. I think there were some more even added last year. I think it was retired it's, judges and, se- and it, senior citizen it, homes. Well, I, no, it was. I think um, I think it was a retired policemen who had had over ten years of service somewhere else. Maybe you know okay. they had over ten years of service and they retired. They moved to Georgia, then they get exempt too. It, it to me, it's just a mismatch. It's ridiculous, and I don't know how you'd ever prove that you're one of those people. Yeah, and so a law enforcement officer from New York State who implemented gun control under right. under cover of law right. and by force, he gets to carry in Georgia when his you citizens and New right. Yorkers couldn't. That's you just got that right. That's fundamentally wrong. That that's wrong, and that's why we're here to fight those yes. battles, and that's what we've done so far. And we've been pretty successful about it. I want to thank you, Mike, for being here. Um, I enjoyed it as usual. Always enjoy talking to Mike. Go to georgiacarry.org. Our website, you can find out anything you want to. You can contact us in any, uh, all our contact information is on there. Uh, download the uh, free, commercial-free podcast uh, at newstalk1160.com, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, hosted by Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Join us each week for information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 only on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.